0: in 1 Samuel 27. I'm just going to read four verses. We're going to deal with a few more verses than that maybe. Verses 1 through 4 of 1 Samuel 27. The Bible said, And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me then I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me uh, anymore in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose, and he had passed over with the 600 men that were with him. Ashes, the son of Mahak, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Ashes of at Gath. He and his men, every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahino, Ahinoam, uh, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. And it was told Saul... That David was fled to Gath, and he sought him no more. And sought no more again for him. Let's pray together. Father, we need you this morning. Lord, uh, we'd ask God that you'd touch us physically. We ask, Lord, that you'd touch us spiritually. We pray, God, that you'd help us mentally, and above all else, we pray that you'd receive the glory from the service. God, if you'll be glorified through our preaching today, Lord, then everybody here will get help. I pray that you'd bind the forces of hell. I pray that you'd open ears and do that as only you can. We'll thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want us to mostly notice. phrase out of verse 1 this morning. Now let me give you a little background. Here, David's on the run from Saul. That's a problem because Saul is the current king of Israel. But God has taken away Saul's kingdom. And through the prophet, Samuel has anointed David to be king. Well, God, uh, the devil stirs up an evil spirit in uh, Saul's life and he begins to try and kill David. And there's a whole section of David's life where David is running from Saul. Now it's been some months. Uh, David has been on the run and I believe that he's become somewhat emotionally burnt out. And I mean it seems like he's stuck in this rut. And uh, it's an everyday, he's looking over his shoulder, he's running away, and he's become discouraged and depressed, and uh, he just feels like giving up. Well, verse 1, David makes a statement here, if you put verse 1 up, Rachel, we see that there's a phrase that I want to draw out. And the Bible says there in verse number 1 of chapter 27, and David said in his heart, and David said in his heart, I want to preach a little while if the Lord will help us in today's service on this title is going to sound unusual to you, but I want to preach a little while on the tale of two voices, the tale of two voices. that Did you know that every man, woman, boy, and girl are born, uh, Brother Marvin, with two voices on the inside? One is the voice of the flesh. Uh, As a matter of fact, you'll find that in Colossians 2.18 where the Bible said, uh, let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Introducing into those things which he hath not seen, uh, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And so everybody is born with a mind of the flesh. Uh, that mind creates evil things. Uh, that, it's that mind uh, that wants to steal, rob, kill uh, Do whatever it is uh, that would most benefit ourselves. Uh, And everybody's got that fleshly mind. Uh, Everybody in this building uh, has a fleshly mind to think with. uh, And your fleshly mind very rarely ever... uh, Wants to do the right thing. So God put another mind inside of every man. And that is the mind of a conscience. You go over there to John chapter number 8. They're getting ready to stone that woman that was taken in adultery. Y'all remember that story? And uh, the Lord said to them, let he that is without sin uh, cast the first stone." You know what the Bible said? Uh, The Bible said they were convicted in uh, their conscience. Uh, And so there was a bunch of lost Pharisees, uh, but they had a voice of reason on the inside. And a voice of conscience uh, that said that's that's the wrong thing to do. Uh, Did you know every man is born with a conscience? Every single man. God puts that on the inside. uh, And it's what keeps a man from robbing and stealing and killing. uh, And it says that's wrong. Don't do it. uh, Don't get involved with that. uh, And so there is that conscience uh, that comes on the inside. So everybody has those two voices. And then, when you get saved, you get a different mind. And there's that voice of conscience is replaced by a more reliable voice. And that is the voice of the mind of Christ. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So let me illustrate it for you, okay? Let me illustrate it for you. This morning, when the offering plate came by you, you may have had a bad week. You may be down on your luck. You may have bills to pay. Your fleshly mind would have said, We need that money, steal it. That's the way the fleshly mind talks. But you see inside of a, even a lost man, Brother Bobby, is a conscience. Uh, And uh, and with your conscience combined with a fear of getting caught, uh, your conscience said, no, don't do it. No, that's not right. We shouldn't steal. That's inside of every single man that's ever been born. Uh, There's something on the inside that says, don't lie, don't steal. Uh, God puts that conscience in there, and that's what keeps everybody from killing everybody else. Amen. Uh, That's what keeps everybody from being a mass murderer. Uh, is this idea of conscience and so the conscience said no don't do it don't steal that money that's not your money and so you passed the plate on by and then that was it but now once you get the mind of Christ that is you get saved and indwelt by the holy spirit and you get the mind of Christ the mind of Christ goes beyond just saying don't steal that money but it encourages you to do something good which is let's give money even though I can't afford it, uh, even though I've got bills I can't pay, uh, I've got some money in my pocket. Uh, and I know the church has got missionaries to support. Uh, I know the church has got lots to stay on. Uh, and so I'm going to give money into the offering plate uh, that I, in my fleshly mind, don't understand how I can support or how I can do it. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. That is the mind of Christ speaking to you. So there's a difference. You see the illustration? The mind of the flesh says, take the money. The mind of conscience says, no, that's wrong. But then once you get the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ goes beyond what the, all the conscience is. It's like an alarm. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's wrong. You shouldn't do it. And then after you do it, the conscience bothers you. You shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Only the mind of Christ We'll encourage people to do the right thing and then to go above and beyond doing the right thing. See, it's beyond just saying, don't do that, that's wrong. That's the conscience. Now, the conscience, hang with me, I'm laying some groundwork and I'm gonna do some preaching. The conscience is notoriously uh, uh, unreliable. The reason is it's like a fire alarm that only goes off a lot of times after the fire's going. Uh, It's after you've done it You've committed it, whatever the conscience said. Boy, you had not ought to be doing this, but it's too late you've done blundered out into it. Let me tell you another problem with the conscience is according to 1 Timothy 4, what the conscience can be seared, say, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, the Bible said. And so our conscience, the problem is a man sins and he sins and he sins. And then it gets to where that conscience doesn't bother him anymore. That's how people become pathological liars. That's how people become mass murderers. That's how people become, you know, some of these evil people that are in the world today. And it seems like they don't have a conscience. Well, it ain't always been that way. God made them with a conscience. But through the years, they have dulled it and dulled it and dulled it until they've seared it off. And now there are literally people out there in that world that'll do anything and they have no conscience or they don't care. They don't care. I remember one time I was preaching to one of the most notorious mean men in Yancey County. He was locked up in the Yancey County jail. This years ago, I was a young preacher. And I'd always heard about how mean this particular individual was. And I thought, when I walked in the cell block and I looked at him, I thought, oh boy, I know who that fellow is. And what I've heard is the meanest man in the county. Son, I laid through in there preaching. I thought, if he gets saved, it'll make a front page news. I preached, son, forwards, backwards, sideways. I would give the invitation. I said, come on now, why don't you get saved? I preached the real message. There's three or four of them got saved whether they wanted to or not, amen. I mean, but uh, he was back there on a the bunk and uh, I could tell he'd heard me, but he hadn't really paid me any attention. Uh, and so I called him by name and I said, how about you? Wouldn't you like to get saved? He sauntered up to that, that Uh, cell door and leaned up against the bars and looked at me and he said I appreciate what you're trying to do preacher he said you're wasting your time he said I ain't got no soul boy the cold chills run up my back I backed up from them bars I thought oh boy I've run upon something here and it wasn't that he didn't have a soul he had a soul he's dead now he figured it out he had a soul but what it could have been was he may have had a seared conscience. You see, they get a man can sin so much that it gets the place don't bother him no more. And a man can do so many things, it gets to place, it ain't nothing to him. Now you think about some of these gangs out in Los Angeles, just they just shoot people willy-nilly. They don't care, shoot kids, shoot whatever. Them people have a seared conscience. I mean, even a lost person ought to have enough conscience to not want to shoot a kid. But you see, after a while. They sear that conscience off and then they don't care. And that's some of the most dangerous individuals on the face of the planet is somebody that just don't care anymore. They've got that conscience seared. So, inside of everybody's mind, even inside of a lost man's mind, there's two voices. That voice of the flesh that says, go, do, kill, rob, steal, whatever. Whatever feels good, do it. And then there's that voice of the conscience that says, "No, that's wrong, don't do that, but that can be seared off. But when a man gets saved, and that's what I'll deal with when a man gets saved, he gets within him the mind of Christ. So now every saved person has two voices in their head. Does that make us bipolar? Every saved person has two voices in their head. There's the voice of the flesh that's still in there. My flesh still wants to do everything it wanted to do before. (laughs) It wants to do everything. I mean, son, you let let my flesh loose, it'd do it all. It'd indulge and uh, overdo and it'd do it all. But I got another voice on the inside of me. And so what life, listen to me now, what life becomes all about is which one of those voices you listen to? Now you can call it whatever you want to call it. The military has coined this phrase mental toughness. Okay, and they want to teach their men to be mentally tough. And we talked about that a little bit when we dealt with spiritual warfare, about developing a mental toughness of mind as a Christian warrior. Do you know what the seal ethos says? that my ability to control my emotions sets me apart from others. And really, you think about the control of emotions, that all comes back to mental toughness. Whether or not you're able mentally to cope with things, and I'm telling you, mental problems is a scourge of our society. Everybody's facing mental health issues. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it faces everywhere. It's one of the biggest problems in society today. And so we've got to train our mind to think a certain way. What if I told you that 95% of your problems could be solved by thinking differently about your problems? And the trouble with the way you think is the way you think about the way you think. I'm, gonna give you some, I'm just going to give you some clear-cut Bible here on dealing with the mind. Dealing with our thought process. Dealing with which voice we listen to. Okay? And I'm telling you, it can transform your life. Because everybody in here makes the mistake of listening to the wrong voice. Alright, let me give you just a few things by way of introduction this morning. First, I want to point out to you your ability concerning your thoughts. I don't know how far I'll get today, but I really have this heavy on my heart and I want to help you today. Your ability concerning your thoughts. I hear people say, well, I can't help what I think. I've heard some of you say it. Well, I, just, I, can't, help, I, I can't help that. That's how I think. It's as if your mind is somehow an open safari and there's just a bunch of wild animals running up there. And them animals just going to run wherever they want to run. And there's no control in it. And I'll just think what I want to think. whatever I want to think. I'm just crazy, preacher. I'm just crazy. There's no way I can control it. My mind's just out of control. But I'm telling you, according to the Bible, you can control your mind. You know... Peter said in 1 Peter 1:13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, if it wasn't possible, he wouldn't have told you to do it. And he said, Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 8, here's what Paul said. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just... Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's a command. Look what he said in Ephesians five nineteen. Speaking to yourself in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So according to these verses... You can control your mind. So don't use that as an excuse. Don't say, well, nothing I can do about it. My mind, you know, it just, it's out of control. It's just a big open safari up there. And a bunch of wild animals running around. And it just thinks on whatever. No, you're in control. You know what one of the biggest problems of our society is? Nobody wants to own it. Nobody wants to say, you know what, the way I act my fault. <laughs> it's always somebody else's fault. All these, all these, all these kids at juvenile and juvenile delinquent halls, it was because the way mom and daddy treated. It's always somebody else's fault. If you have trouble in your life, you have trouble in your job, it's always the boss's fault. Nobody ever just says, you know what, I'm in a mess right here and ain't nobody's thinking fault but mine. I've made a mess of this. And and, and there's nobody to blame but me. I have made a mess. Nobody says that anymore. Everybody's got an out. Everybody's got somebody to blame. But I'm going to tell you something. There ain't nobody responsible for what you think about but you. And controlling your mind is the key to a victorious Christian life. Forcing yourself to. About what you think about. Now listen to me. Listen to me. We're not running and shouting today. But I'm telling you. If you get a hold of this. Transform your life. Which voice do you listen to? Two voices in your head. You know. Somebody comes up and says something mean to you. There's a voice inside your head that says smack him. Smack him. Why, why haven't you smacked them yet? Okay. Throat punch them. Something. They deserve it. And then there's a voice inside your head that says, love them anyway. That person needs Jesus. Show them some goodness right here. See, there's a battle inside. Everybody. You say, preacher, you're crazy. No. Come on now, everybody in here. (laughs) Yesterday, I was out back, and I heard Susan just talking up the storm. And I said, you talking to me? She said, I didn't even know you was out here. <laughs> She's talking to herself and answering herself. Sometimes I argue with myself, so I think that really means you're crazy. Everybody, there's an inner dialogue that goes on in your mind all the time. Which voice do you listen to? see? Now, I want to talk to you just a minute this morning about how to identify those two voices. And how to make a decision about which one you're going to listen to. Now, I told you that you're, uh, you know, there's the ability concerning the way you think. But then I want you to think about your actions in the way you think. Okay? And then I'm going to get into my message. The truth is the Bible said in the book of Proverbs, as a man thinketh. So is He. The truth is, what you think about will soon become who you are. You know, when I went through BLET, they forced us nonstop to think about Polish stuff. Polish stuff. That's all you can think about, it's all you're allowed to think about. When you went home, they expected you to go home and think about Polish stuff because they wanted you to think. With a police mind. And they knew if they could change the way you thought. That they could change the way you behaved. Listen to me. What you think about is what you'll become. If you don't never think about anything but ungodliness. You don't never think about anything but these things. And you allow your mind to continue to dwell on things that they shouldn't dwell on. That's what you'll be. You'll be that person. Because what you think eventually is what you become. Let's think about these two voices. I got two voices on the inside. It's a battlefield right here between my ears. One voice is the voice of God. It's the mind of Christ. You know, Paul said in another place there in Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here's what he's saying. Think with your Jesus mind. Hmm. Think with your. This is just practical. Think with your Jesus mind. All right, let's go back to our text. David said, uh, "Saul's going to kill me." He he said that in his mind to himself. He said, "I'm dead. I'm a dead man. Dead man walking. Sure as the world." Saul is going to kill me. Now I want to point out a few things about that. Number one, can I say to you that David's thoughts were completely detached from reality. Alright, are y'all with me? Everybody still with me? Nod your, nod your head up like this. I know I ain't preaching hard like I usually do, but I'm trying to help you. Here's the thing. In the preceding chapter, David and Abishai walked down into the camp of Saul He's laying there asleep next to Abner. They take his spear. They take his bolster of water. They walk up on a mountainside. They shout and wake Saul up. Saul stands up. David said, Saul, I could have killed you, but I let you live. And long story short, Saul says, I'll never chase you no more, David. I'm done chasing you. That just happened. You'd have thought David would have looked at that. And said, oh boy, hey, I'm winning this thing. I I was just brave enough to go down there and face Saul. And now he said he ain't going to chase me no more. Things are great, but no. The very first thing David thinks is Saul's going to kill me. That's because what you think on the inside is rarely ever real. Your fleshly voice will always tell you the wrong thing. Huh? I get a pain in my side. It's gas. My fleshly boy voice goes, cancer, cancer. Look at there, you got cancer. Come on, Emily. Cancer, cancer. That's that fleshly voice. Huh? Reality is it's gas. But the reality and what your voice and your mind, now y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Your voice in your mind rarely ever deals in reality. It almost always deals in something way worse than what it really is. David had every reason in the world to believe that everything was going to be fine. But in his mind, he said, oh, it's bad. It's bad. This is bad. This is it. It's a big one, Elizabeth. This is not good. Did you know that when it comes to the mind, oftentimes our mind will convince us of other people's intentions. That inside voice will go, they're mad at you. That inside voice will say, They've done, they did you wrong right there. Look at them talking, they're talking about you. (laughs) Oh, you're a big dummy. Look at you standing over here, and that crowd's talking about you. That's what I say to myself. Reckon what they meant by that statement. Reckon how come they looked at me that way. Reckon how come they thought, that's that inside voice. That's us. That's our flesh. The voice of Christ never says those things. You can mark it down if you're hearing a voice that says, what are they thinking? Why are they talking about me? How bet they don't? If you're hearing that voice, it's not the voice of Christ. That's not what Jesus would think. But that's the kind of thing we think. Now, some of y'all, this is making sense to you. Others are like, but I done checked out. <laughs> You're thinking about Lord knows what right now. That inner voice is going, this is the stupidest preaching I ever heard tell of in my life. Our minds make things worse than they really are, they convince us of other people's intentions. And if you let that thing, as Barney Fi or as Andy Griffith once said, if you let that thing get its head, they ain't no telling how far it'll go. How many of y'all, how many of y'all ever d- just brood on it? Your mind just all the time going and speaking and talking. And it all the time says things are bad. This is terrible. See, that's that voice inside that keeps you from being what you could be. I'm telling you, inside of you, if you're saved, is a Christian that God could unleash and use to do great things and make a difference in the world if you could get over the way you think about things. Here's a question to ask yourself. Am I thinking with my Jesus brain? Or am I thinking with my fleshly brain? Is this the is this is this the mind of Christ right here? The way I'm thinking about this situation? Our mind will eventually encourage bad decisions. You know when the worst time to make a decision is? When you're mad, panicked. That's when you're mad, you're panicked, you're overwhelmed, that's when. It's hardest to think with the mind of Christ. That's when you, the voice of the fleshly mind quits talking and starts screaming at you. Oh, this is bad stuff. What are you doing? And it, it's a terrible time to make a decision because you'll almost always make the wrong decision. Almost always. So it leads to a bad decision. Now, watch this. I've got three points. That's number one. Number two. Your, his thoughts not only did his thoughts were they detached from reality but his thoughts doomed his relatives look at verses 2 and 3 of 1 Samuel 27 and David arose and he passed over now he's going to the enemy's camp he's going to the Philistine camp but he doesn't go alone he passed over with 600 men that were with him under Ashash, the king of Mahak, king of Gath, and David, dwelled at Ashash. With who? With both his wives. He doomed those that were with him. First of all, let me say this it affected the men that he led. You know what we need in, a, you know what we need in Yancey County? Some Christian leadership. That's exactly right. That's the reason, you know, we got Sandy running for commissioner. And everybody ought to go out and do your deed. I didn't say who to vote for. I just mentioned a name and then I said you ought to go out and vote. We need Christian. Everybody in here in some way should be a leader in your community. Everybody. Everybody. Because we need Christian leadership. But becoming a leader means you've got to be careful how you think. Because you've got people that will follow you. Whether it's running a business. Whether it's running your house. There are people that your decisions in which voice you listen to, it's not just going to affect you, it's going to affect the people in line behind you, See? So when daddy listens to the wrong voice, it affects other people. When mama listens to the wrong voice, it affects other people. When the boss listens to the wrong voice, it affects other people. When the leader listens to the wrong voice, it affects other people. It affected the he led, but then it affected the wives he had. Here's little Abigail. He, she just, David just took her to wife in chapter 25, and as a matter of fact, Abigail told him, said, you're going to be king of Israel one day. David, fresh off of that that prophetic vision of his wife, still is doubting God. But here's poor little Abigail, Brother Marvin. He's drug her into this mess. She didn't want to live with the Philistines, but now she's going to live with the Philistines. You know what? Chapter 30, she's going to be taken hostage by the Amicalites. Now she's in in a hostage situation. She never meant for it to be that way. She never meant to be. But you know what? David listened to the wrong voice. David listened to the wrong voice. It doomed his relatives. Then let me give you this one. It was devoid of any reason with God. You know what David didn't say? David didn't say, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. I want to see what God thinks about this. I'm going to find out what. No, David made up his own mind. Some of y'all made up your own mind. You you know how you know what you want and how you want it, and that's the only voice you can hear, and it's gotten to where that voice is continually speaking and talking and overriding and overruling, and it's all you can hear, and it's all you want to listen to, and you never stop to think what would the Lord do. I'm gonna ask you something. I'm gonna ask you something. Which voice do you hear loudest in your brain? Every situation of life, Brother Billy, there's two voices. One says, one way, and they almost always say the opposite thing. That's the problem, right? They never say the same thing. They always say opposite things. So here's here's how here's how you here's how you determine. Here's how you determine which voice is the mind of Christ. God has given us a Bible. And in that Bible. He's told us what he thinks. The mind of Christ always thinks like this book. The mind of your flesh rarely ever does. The mind of your flesh is the one that says get even, (laughs) get back, settle the score, you're mad. Don't forget you're mad. Don't get over being mad. It's the mind of the flesh that says your emotions are out of control. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't, you can't get them. Under, just be who you are. It's, your, it's the mind of the flesh that wants you to just be out of control. But the mind of Christ is that voice on the inside of you that says don't act that way. Let's, let's act. Let's, let's do the right thing here. Let's be kind. Let's not try to get revenge. Let's not try to get even. It's the mind of Christ that says, let's love people. They just need the Lord. If they get saved, everything would be better. Why don't you work on leading that part? That's the mind of Christ. And life boils down to this. It's all about which of those two voices you listen to. That's life. If you want a successful Christian life, you've got to learn to tune into the right station right here in between your ears. You say, that's simple. I'm telling you, if you get a hold of it, transform your life. Every decision you've got to make, when that flesh says, be mad about that, get even, settle a score, run and gossip, get this, th-, instead of listening to that voice, you go, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. that's not my Jesus brain. That's not my Jesus mind talking. That's not my Jesus mind thinking. That's, that's, that's Bradley. I got to think with the right mind right here i got to get a hold of the right thoughts. i got to do the right thing. Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, just fill my mind with the right thoughts right here. Make things different in your life. You say, I wish you'd preach one of them messages where we could run around and shout. I do too, but I ain't got one. If I had one, I'd have preached it this morning. I just got what God, what God gave me this week. I was studying on it. You know where I got this idea? I got this idea out of, out of a self-help book I've been reading. And he started talking about the voices in your head. Now, he's not a Christian guy, but he said, you know, there's no doubt there's voices in your head. When he said that, I went, oh, what he's saying scriptural. Scripture? And I got studying that thing, and I was like, wow. I've got something on my mind, Brother Bobby, that I wish some men in this church would join me in doing it's a little bit of a challenge that we could do that might that might help us physically, mentally, emotionally to commit. To flip the switch. To get dialed in. I'm telling you, we need some men to dial in. Get dialed into that that voice. I mean dial into that thing. You know why I I'm just I'm just I'm just giving you my heart now. You know why fasting and praying works? Because it looks at your flesh and goes, not today. You're not going to call the shots today. You're hungry, so what? We're praying. Get over it. That's why it works. Because you, you, you take that fleshly mind that says, hungry, eat, time to eat, feed me. And you go, shut up. I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you today. I'm, I'm only listening to the Lord. You shut up. It's like Lester Roloff used to say, he said sometimes he'd take a cold shower just to show his fleshly man who was in charge. And that, that, that the flesh couldn't call the shots. shocks. De- I'm trying to get done. We deny ourselves nothing in this age. We indulge in everything. I'm talking about church folk. They indulge in everything. It'd be good for your flesh every now and then to go, nope, not having it. I don't care how, I don't care how loud you scream. I don't care how bad you want it. We ain't doing it because you ain't in charge. I'm in charge. You don't call the shots. I call the shots. This ain't you're not going to run me around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide who I, what I think like and what I do. I'm going to decide that. You're not deciding. Let's stand our feet. Father, Lord, I, I know you give me that message and I just gave it to your people. Lord, maybe it'll help somebody. I pray, God, there'd be some folks get their minds right. Get their mind right. Lord, think with their Jesus mind instead of thinking with their fleshly mind. I pray that there'd be some folks that commit to the crucifixion and commit to thinking with the mind of Christ around this place today. We'll thank you and praise you for everything you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Now I wonder if they'd be somebody, I don't know, maybe it's for one person, I don't know. But you'd say, preacher, today, you're right, I hear two voices in my head, and I sure do want to think of that mind of Christ. I don't come and ask the Lord to help me think with the, the right mind this week and not think with that fleshly mind. <clears throat> I, I I do, I hear two voices. And I will think with the right one. I, I will think with the right one. Help us, help us, Lord, to think with that Jesus mind. What is the, what is the mind of Christ? What is the mind of Christ? I want to think with a Jesus mind. <coughs> what is the mind of Christ? Lord, today we thank you, God, for these. Folks that have gathered around the altar to pray. Lord, we're hearing voices all the time. One telling us one thing and the other telling us another. I just pray, Lord, for me. Because I struggle. I tell you, I struggle, Lord. You know I do. I struggle myself. And I just pray for me, Lord, you'd help me to think with the mind of Christ. I pray that you'd dial me in. Lord, that you'd get me squared away in this area of the mind. <clears throat> Help me, Lord, to think with your mind, listen to your voice, not, not my voice, but your voice. I pray that this week we would dial into that more than we ever have before. I believe, Lord, there's an untapped potential, an untapped potential for the children of God if they dial in to what you've got to say. Bless us and help us now as only you can. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You stay till you get done. (coughs) I wonder if anybody's got anything on your heart before we dismiss. Parents, be here at five.